I want to treat my family better. I want to minister in the relationships that I have. Whatever it might be for you. Can I just say, first of all, you may not be a Christian yet. You may be here and you're like, I haven't decided to even fully follow Jesus Christ. That's cool. You still have a mission. You have a plan and you have a purpose for your life. You may not have discovered the full destiny of it. Let's be honest. I've been a Christian. I'm nearly 50 years old and I still haven't discovered the full destiny. Pretty content with where I am and I want to do the best I can with where I am right now. Is that good? All right, but I noticed this about missions, right? If you don't have the personal pronoun, and this is what we like to do, don't we? When it comes to missions, like, yes, that's that guy over there. Yes, yes, mission. That's what Pastor Phil does on a Sunday morning. Yes, that's so, so, so evangelist. Yes, that's a no. Now, you know what it is about missions? I must be involved. Because without the I, the personal pronoun, when the personal pronoun is missing, do you know what we have? We just have miss on. We just have miss on. That's kind of cool, isn't it? I was really impressed with that. I told Dave that through the week. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. I just, you know, we were talking about missions and I said, let's take the I out. And you guys are like, oh, that's not even that big a deal. Really? You don't know how many churches have a mission without the I? You want to know how many people think that they're a part of something bigger, but they're, they're actually not even in the picture yet? You want to know how many people are in church every Sunday and they go, I'm part of the miss on. You're getting this, aren't you? You're like, it's going to make sense in a minute. And so what I want to do today, are you ready, is I want to put the I back into mission. Look at this. Look at, look at the day. Can I just say, look at what Dave did. Here we go. Here we go. The unveiling of... Ta-da! So let's put the I back into mission. Let's, how do we, now, then that's a great question. How do we put the I, how do we put the I back into mission? Can I ask you another question? What's your mission? What do you feel God's stirring or calling you to do? What's your mission? Have you discovered your mission or are you still just miss on? You know, I, I kind of, it's a swing and a miss for me. I have no idea what God's wanting me to do. I have no idea what I'm doing in life. It's just kind of a swing and a miss. I don't know what I'm doing. It... Or have you got a destiny and a calling? Here, here's the other thing I noticed, and I was writing this down. I, I kind of think I, that personal pronoun, that power of the I, is. Re- and I know that you're kind of like, but you feel you're always talking about the we. That's true. But you can't have a we without a singular me. See, I can't have a we, I can just have a you and me. But if I join, we can have an us. Boy, this is really getting confusing, isn't it? Let's just stick with the program here, hey? And the program is this, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. The I has to be in the mission. I believe in the power of one. One person can make a difference. One prayer. One person with a passion can make a massive difference. In fact, can I just share something? When I first started coming to church, you know my wife didn't even come? When I first started coming to church, me and my wife were still living together in sin. It was one of those moments, wasn't it? But I decided to start following Jesus. And so one person made a difference. And slowly over time, my wife started to come because she saw what a wonderful job Jesus was doing in my life. Why did everyone laugh? (laughs) 
You know, when I first started coming to youth ministry and running youth ministry, that was after we got married. Okay, timeline. I went to church for nearly a year before my wife went, I guess I'll go. And then we started coming, and we actually started really coming here together. This was where we really started to invest and get connected and get our roots down and go, hey, we want to be a part of the mission of this house. We want to be a part of what God's doing in our lives. And so slowly over time, we were sitting here, and God spoke to us about getting married, so we made that next decision. We got married. And then we decided we would run youth group. We didn't decide it. We were invited to, and so we started running youth group. Do you know when I was running youth group, you ready? I was a crafty little person. I used to invite this lummox of a guy that I knew to come and drive cars. You know, mate, we just need a hand to shift some youth down the Gold Coast for a beach trip. I didn't care what I was going to do. Seriously, I invited this guy to everything. We would go to crazy preachers down the coast where the power of gladness would fall. I don't know what that is even, but, you know, and Jamie, Jamie was the guy who came. When I first ran youth, he wasn't even saved. Can you... <laughs> are you, are you, are you, but if one person doesn't decide to start and one person doesn't decide to step out and one person doesn't decide to actually do it, then they're forever waiting for someone else to start. Do you want to know how many conversations I have with people? And I say this very carefully because some people are still in the house and I love them. But some people go, you know, I just think we should have a passionate prayer meeting. Well, pray passionately and it would be passionate. I just think we should do more of this. The door is open. Do my, but have you ever noticed how in church world, everybody has an idea for somebody else? But I want to say to you, the power of mission is in the personal pronoun I. The power of actually seeing lives change isn't in what we can get someone else to do, but what we decide to do. At JC Family, we have this great thing. We have called, what's called a vision. And our vision is to be a large, healthy, vibrant family church. Five distinctives. We want to be large. We want to be healthy. We don't just want to be big, but we want to be healthy. We want to be vibrant. We want to be full of life and energy and the Holy Ghost power. We want to be family. We absolutely want to be family. From the youngest to the oldest, we want to connect and commit and love one another and and embrace each other. We want to be family and we want to be a church. We're not a club. My parents were talking to me the other day. They're so excited. Down at Cabarita, they had a men's shed, but the men's shed now has couple walks, and the men's shed now does group dinners, and the men's shed does this, and I just had this sadness in my heart, and it's really annoying because they're probably listening. Hey, anyway, (laughs) but that should be the church. The church should be the ones where we go, hey, we have a mission to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that mission isn't for everybody else. That mission is the personal pronoun I. I'm going to say that a lot today. Do you know why? I noticed when I was plastering that sometimes to get that nail into the timber, I had to hit it more than once. Sometimes that timber's a little bit thick and a little bit stubborn. You really got to whack it in. But I want to whack this into our heads so that we all walk out going, mission starts when the personal pronoun I gets into the middle of the picture. Mission doesn't start when I think somebody else should be doing something else and when they're doing something else, I'm going to be really excited and then I'll probably come along and support it while it suits me until it doesn't suit me anymore and then I won't. Everyone else got that? Mission starts with... I know, because everyone wants to go, mission starts with me, but that just doesn't work for this analogy. So we're going to say, mission starts with I. Say it again, you ready? Let's get excited. Mission starts with I. Mission starts with I. It's a personal pronoun, and if there is an English teacher here and I am wrong, you may feel free to talk to Lisa about it later. (laughs) 
All right, are you ready? One person, one person can make a difference with evangelism. And I just want to say to you today, maybe you, maybe you are the absolute agent of change your workplace is looking for. Maybe you are the person who will change the culture in your family. You know, if my husband, if he just, excuse me, ladies, I'm kicking on you. I'll come to the men in a minute. My husband, if he just mended his ways, we would have such a better family. No, no, no. Mission starts with I. I will change what I do, what I say, what I believe, how I behave, and then we will see what God does. Mission starts with I. Well, if I could just get them to go to church, I would definitely be going to church. Can I just celebrate the ladies who come to church without the husbands? I think that's fantastic. Come on, I love the high five. And and can we go the other way though? Because men, hello, men, Mm. men, how many times do we do that? You know, if they did, then I would. Is that anybody? You guys are real quiet all of a sudden. I didn't hear a lot of the um, um there. Hey, just leave me hanging. Thanks a lot. But come on, how many times do we do? Man, how many times? If she was just more affectionate, then I would. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about I change and I focus on him and the mission that he has given me? And if I focus on that, then I believe the rest of the mission actually will fall into place. But when I take myself out of that picture, we just have a miss on. I like that. I'm going to say it. We have a miss on. And don't know how many couples, how many relationships, how many family problems start with a miss on instead of a mission. I believe God, if you're here today, you're hearing this message, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I do not subscribe to the you're here by accident or chance. I subscribe that there was a creator who created you with a divine purpose in life. All right. So decide. It starts with you. So at JC Family, we have large, healthy, vibrant family church. We have a mission statement. It's a really cool mission statement. It's a mission statement, I hope, within a mission statement. And the mission statement within the mission statement, our mission statement, goes like this. It says, we exist to be, we exist to empower people to impact their communities. That's the only reason we're here. I want to be a large, healthy, vibrant family church that empowers you to impact your community. Isn't it funny we kind of go, yeah, 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 Pastor Phil, we want to pay you to impact our community. No, I want to empower you to impact your community. You come with the ideas, you come with the dreams, you come with the vision, you come with the mission that God's put on your heart and we stand with you and breathe life into it. Don't get caught up in the, oh, if you guys did it, I would be the first to do it. No. You have a mission in life. You have a divine destiny over your life and you have to get into the center of what God is calling you to do. Stop waiting for somebody else to instigate and start being the person that makes a change. That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, so we have a, we have a vision, we have a mission statement. That's really cool. And then we have what's called four steps. It's real simple, isn't it? Four st- everyone say four steps. Today, I'm going to just give you one, one. The four steps, I'm going to give you all four, but then we're going to unpack the one. Are you ready? The four steps, they go like this. Number one, you set an example. Okay, number two, you encourage. You encourage, you encourage, and you encourage. Number three, you employ. 
Number four, you deploy, you release, okay? That's how we believe we are going to achieve our mission statement. That's how we believe we're gonna become a large, healthy, vibrant family church. Can I just say for a second, that's how I believe your marriage will prosper? Hmm, we're gonna come to that. But That's how I believe you'll change the culture of your family. That's how I believe you'll change the culture of your business. That's how I believe you'll change the culture of the place where you work. Not by waiting for everybody else to change and then you tag on, but you are the agent of change. You know, it's often said in Christian circles that God calls us to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermometer can tell you the temperature and a thermostat will open and change that temperature. Everyone get that analogy? And lots of people like to live like a thermometer. You would not believe what's happening. I actually would. I just think we should be agents of change. I just think we should be different. I think we should be the people who step into the middle of the mission and to the middle of the mess and I, the personal pronoun, can change the way the world works. How do I know? Because I look at some really cool people in history like Jesus. Like Jesus. You know the guy that we call Lord and Saviour? You know Napoleon Bonaparte talked about Jesus Christ and he said he is like a man like no other. He said, for, for people like Caesar and people like myself, and he named a whole heap of other military commanders and world leaders and changes that he was aware of in his day. He said, they have changed the world that we know, and they have used one thing. They have used military force. Jesus changed the world without it. And yet Jesus would have an army of millions that today would die for him and lay down their life with love and not military force. One man. Moses, one man. Some of these people were reluctant to even step out into the divine mission that God's calling them. God appears to Moses in the burning bush. He says, I want you to step out and go and deliver my people. I want you to put yourself in the middle of my mission. What does Moses say? Ah, no thanks, you got the wrong guy. I'm a stutterer, leave me alone. But he says, no, 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 stop waiting for somebody else. Don't wait for Aaron, don't wait for Miriam, don't wait for somebody else to rise up. I want you to be the man to walk down and to talk to Pharaoh. So Moses obeyed the mission that God, what about Elijah? What about Samuel? What about Noah? What about Abraham? Can you get a picture here how one person can change everything? One person can change everything. One person, one person. The power of the I can change everything. Stop waiting for someone else to start it and someone else to do it. Step out and be the agent of change that God has called you. To be. It's good, isn't it? Just want to let that hang for a minute. You know what? Can I just confess? I'm the same. You know, we, we start our prayer meeting out there every morning and, and, and we pray. And you know, you know, like, honestly, it's awkward sometimes. It's uncomfortable. I wish that I had 20 people that would just pray up and pray out in the Holy Ghost and be loud and boisterous. And sometimes because they're not, I don't want to be. Because I don't want to be a show pony. I don't want to step out. I don't want to be something that I'm not. And blah, 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 blah. And all the excuses come into your head. Do you know that still happens and I'm nearly 50? Anyone else have that problem? Anyone else feel God's telling them to do something and they start coming up with the excuses and, and they start looking around for who else would do it with them instead of just doing what God has called you to do? Hmm. So Jesus was walking along. Speaking of example, Jesus was walking along and he said to his disciples one day as he was walking, he said, well, he said to Peter and John and Andrew and Simon, he said, would you come and would you follow me? We're going to read it. It says, and Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, 
and Andrew, his brother, sorry, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. Everyone say, follow me. Follow me. Okay, we're just going to stop. Everyone say, follow me. follow me. How arrogant. Follow me. Follow me. Can you, can you just, can you see, imagine Jesus doing that in the 21st century? Follow me. But that's actually what Jesus did. He walked up to them and he said, follow me. What does it mean? Follow my example. That the first thing that we have to do to change the culture isn't to get them to behave differently, but it's for us to behave differently. Jesus didn't walk up to them and say, listen, guys, what I need you to start doing from here on is doing this and this and doing that and that, and I need you to pray and I need you to go to the synagogue and I need you to start. No, what did he say? Follow me. Follow my example. Follow my teachings. Follow the way I live my life. Do you know that call still hasn't changed to his disciples 21, 20, in 2100, in the 21st century? That call is still there to follow me. And then what did he do? He showed them what that looked like, didn't he? He walked along one day and he saw this leper and the leper knelt down to him and said, if you can, you can heal me. So Jesus reached out and touched him and set an example that said, I'm not afraid of leprosy. And Jesus one time showed the disciples how to treat women, which is really a strange thing in those days, where he would go and talk to a Samaritan woman by a well and she'd look at him and go, first of all, you're a Jew. Second of all, you're a man. Third of all, you're a rabbi and you're talking to me. What was he doing? I'm setting an example. I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm showing you what you should do. You know, discipleship isn't about telling everybody what they should be doing. Discipleship is actually about doing it differently yourself. Discipleship isn't about telling your family, you should all be nicer. The discipleship would probably be better if you were just nicer. Are you following me this morning? It starts with the personal pronoun, I. And when I stand in the middle of the mission that God has given me, things begin to change. Things begin to happen. And when you, as an I, as the personal pronoun, step, what's God calling you to do? What's that tap on your heart to do? What's he telling you to live like, to behave like, to speak like, in a way that will cause a change in your community and where you live? Are you getting this this morning? How much time have I got? Because I haven't got a timer up on the screen. Does anyone know? Am I out? <laughs> wow. Wow. What, did, does anyone else feel that? Like, you know, like either she was, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Thank you so much. Guys, I'm going to leave you with that. I have loads more. Trust me, I'm actually scared how much more I've got. That should be the simplest message we've ever heard, isn't it? And isn't it the easiest one to miss? That change starts with you. You are the personal pronoun in the middle of the mission that God has given. Can I do one more before I walk off the stage and hand to Karen, who's going to lead us around the table? Change starts when we start to look at Jesus and follow the example he said. Stop looking at what everybody else has said or doing start looking at the example Jesus set and follow him. God bless you and thank you so much for listening. 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.